you a true motorsports enthusiast seeking premium safety equipment? Do you need expert advice to make the right choice? Look no further. Go to ogracing.com. The ultimate destination for high-quality motorsports gear. OG stocks. It's not OG. OG stocks products from the largest manufacturers, including Sparco, OMP, Alpine Stars, and much more. OG Racing is offering. It's OG is offering an exclusive 15% to our listeners. Use code SLIPANGLE15 at OGRacing.com during checkout. It's OG, Emma. You'll get free standard shipping on orders over $100. Don't miss out. Visit OGRacing.com and use SLIPANGLE15 at checkout. That's OGRacing and OGRacing.com and SLIPANGLE15 at checkout. This episode is brought to you by Firelapse and Firelapse.com. Too often, drivers fail to extract the full performance potential out of their vehicle at the track because analyzing motorsports data takes time and can be difficult to understand. Firelapse is a fresh and intuitive tool to simplify motorsports data review to allow you to focus on reducing your personal best lap time. This year, Slip Angle and Firelapse have partnered together to help our audience go faster. Annual subscription signups using promo code SLIPANGLE or SLIPANGEL We'll get 15 months for the price of 12 and a free slip angle or track tune t-shirt. Head over to firelaps.com and start letting your data be your coach. For years, Slip Angle and Apex Pro have worked together to help make drivers faster. The all-new Apex Pro mobile app for iOS and Android is now available on the App Store and Google Play Store. Download the new app for free, create a user account to log as many laps as you'd like using your phone as the GPS source. Apex Pro is the app for timing your laps and logging your data at the track. With video recording and intuitive analysis features, plus the ability to easily share and compare data, Apex Pro is the best way to learn about your driving track side. Apex Pro includes leaderboards so you can see where you stack up against other users, and Apex Pro lets you see other drivers on track in real time with the Crew View feature. Upload your data easily to Firelapse to compare with drivers using other data devices. Download for iOS and Android today by searching Apex Pro New. Hi, Adam. Oh, it's January. We're doing a show again. Yeah. It's been a couple, been a couple weeks. Christmas. Christmas and New Year's and stuff. So. Yeah. And uh, ticket sales and all of the grid life stuff were... Now deep into the off season, coming up on the first event in a couple months. I feel like last week mentally, last the last ten days, like mentally, were like harder than like just doing events. <laughs> we're trying to like organize the company. We're selling tickets. We're finalizing rules after a period of what do we call them provisional? Uh, and yeah, it's been a whole deal. So. It's been three whole months since I had a horrible cough that was intrusive on the podcast, and mm-hmm. I have a cough. So you still that. have it? Or no, 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 it it went away and now it's back. Oh, went away for three months. Yeah. Okay. It, it was you had it for what? Like you had it for three months at least. At least, yeah. Yeah, it was like all fall. So uh, I took some Nyquil earlier and. Um, gonna try and drink this this whiskey here and if there is an awkward pause so, during the show it's because i'm on mute coughing or because you fell asleep because of nyquil and whiskey it could be that you could just could talk be, how long could you do how long could you take the nyquil oh, like an hour 
Mm. So seven seven minute podcast, eight minute podcast. We'll see. I'll be fine. Okay. Um, we both went to Disney since we've recorded together. Yeah. Yeah. But we didn't do it together. No. And we didn't know and we didn't know each other was doing it. It would be a lot cooler if we did. Yeah, it would have been well, would have been yeah, actually would have been quite a bit of fun to go together, actually. I think our, our kids probably would get along. They have just enough age gap, but Emma like likes little kids that age. So mm, yeah. Well, but her, Emma's her like eight and a half feet tall, age. so she would ride all the big kid rides. Well, I, but but I mean like she would probably assist with uh with a little one. Mm. We should consider um, that as a possibility in the future. That might be the that only way that time. I would agree to go back. Yeah, you and Sarah could uh, plan and coordinate. Me and Ashley could walk around and uh, drink and laugh. <laughs> no, no, no. You have that all wrong. Ashley and Sarah okay, could plan backwards. and coordinate, and <laughs> I would just go where I'm told. Mm-hmm. I figured that was actually that way. Um, yeah, it's Disney and stuff is nuts i didn't know it's so nuts so it's crazy um, you and i we do live our lives a little bit differently you're more of a cash forward person and i tend to pay uh for everything on the credit card and then just pay pay my bills at yep. the end of the month um i budget everything and i yep. ran this trip the same way that i would run a project at work right like mm-hmm. you develop a, bud- a budget you put together your plan, and um, the goal is to not not under uh, come in under budget. Yeah, a little bit is fine, but if you came in too under budget, it would look weird. So, like, right? Um, I put forth <laughs> what I thought was like, wow, that's a lot of money for a trip. And, and this was a five day or six day. Um, How long you we went to all four parks. I think we were there basically a week. Okay. Yeah. Um, we left on Saturday and we came back on Friday. So okay. yeah. you flew out on Saturday in the AM. We were there. We were there by lunchtime on Saturday and okay. then we flew gotcha. back Friday night. So, okay. um, yeah, my budget had what I thought was quite a lot of money. And mm-hmm. when we came back, we tallied all the expenses, looked at everything and waiting for it, wait for all the, the charges to hit. And I was like, wow, we, yeah. we stayed on budget, but barely. Yeah. It's like a thousand bucks a day to be there. It's crazy. They're about, yeah. seemed like it. Yep. Yep. About a thousand bucks a day. Uh, yeah. Uh, so our families are all, or they're both three people. We chose to leave the day after Christmas. We drove Sarah's car down, which because flights were obscene and Sarah's only got, you know, spring break and Christmas and summer all of which are terrible options to go to Disney world. Sure. Yeah. Um, I have no desire to, yeah, they're all the worst options. It's the hottest crap in summertime. Spring break is stupid, busy and expensive. Christmas break is stupid, busy and expensive, but at least Christmas break, it's like, uh, 65 and 70 out. And it was great. The temperature was perfect. Um, but, uh, and I, it's easier for me to take off between holidays than it is for me to take off during the spring summer. break, like right after right. Yeah, spring break and summer are difficult. Yeah. Spring break, we got like an event that day. Summer, we got an event that summer. So, um, and it's hot. As, it's it's so hot in Florida in the summertime. But, um, so we drove down and took a day and a half to get there. Got there. We left Wednesday morning or Tuesday morning, and then got there Wednesday mid afternoon. Um, checked in. We stayed on at one of the resorts. This is all Sarah's plan. She 
duped me into it because Emma was really into Emma's really into Harry Potter. Read all the books the whole summer, like three times, like fifty thousand pages. Um, and there's Harry Potter worlds at Universal. So Sarah was like, "Let's go to Florida." And this is like in August, um, and she didn't tell me that how much that how much Sarah wanted. Sarah didn't tell me how much Sarah wanted to go to Disney um, until it was all ready. And then she obsessed about all the planning and all the things, probably the same as your wife did. Yeah. Um, yeah. All the apps, all the genie pluses, all the things I did some homework by talking to Houghton, uh, and somebody else I forget who else. Oh, uh, Andrew Bolheimer. Um, they're both like Disney nerds actually. <laughs> so that was my homework, but, um, yeah, we got there. We, we did magic kingdom one day, universal the next day, took a day off, did, Animal Kingdom, and then did Epcot. So yeah. it's cool. I liked it. I liked it a lot more than I thought it would. I think uh, I really I liked hanging out at at Epcot. Epcot's cool. There's a lot of cool things to like about Epcot. Did you go to Animal Kingdom? We did. Yeah. Did you get? I the, was impressed uh, by that place. Did you get the fancy margarita? I did. You told me to. Um, and so Emma and I went on a side quest to find a margarita. Um, and she said that I could have a margarita. My, my daughter said I could have a margarita if she could have a pretzel. Um, sounds like a sweet deal. Yeah. That, that girl ate so many hot, like big pretzels, the jumbo pretzels. Ashley ate only French fries. That's it. Ashley or Sloan? Sorry. Sloan. Sloan ate only French fries. (laughs) Just French fries. Emma ate mac and cheese, grilled cheese, and pretzels, and maybe one burger. Mm. It was just pretzels. We can't convince Sloan to like mac and cheese. And we're like, look, you like noodles and you like cheese. I don't understand. Yeah. Well, you got, a, you got an odd duck there. Yeah. No kidding. Uh, um, you said that she that Sloan basically hated it. <laughs> um, I mean, like she was, she was grumpy the whole time. Um, <laughs> the whole time? <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. We're like at that age where everything just sucks. Yeah, she's um, what three and a half. Yeah, but she really, really liked seeing all the princesses. She did like that. So she did. She she liked that. And so my daughter thought the princesses and the character, like the you know the the characters and costumes, she like wanted nothing to do with them. <laughs> Mm, not cool. But she liked everything else. No, she liked everything else. But she just like doesn't might like Emma doesn't care about Disney. Mm, she like yeah. never hasn't liked anything Disney. There's like there's this one obscure like 1940s cartoon, Three Caballeros. It's the only thing she likes on Disney Plus. Um and there is a Three Caballeros ride in the Mexico portion of Epcot. Uh which was the only ride she wanted to go on. We went on all the rides, like on the rides, but, and she actually liked them. She did fine on the rides, mm. but she wanted to ride this like lame, simple little three Caballeros ride. Like we, we rode it four times. Mm. So yeah, she likes three Caballeros. We bought a mug. We got the tacos. It was great. Mm. I, uh, around Thanksgiving. Tacos were really good in Mexico. Disney, Mexico. Yeah, Disney, Mexico. Not like actually Mexico. I bet the tacos in Mexico are great. Um, yeah, these were pretty freaking gangster tacos. <laughs> so I have a, um, a, a a not secret that I'll share on the podcast. Um, okay. It was 
this holiday season that everyone in my family learned that I cry every time I'm watching Kanto. Every time. Every time. <laughs> every single time? Every single time. Uh-huh. It's ridiculous. Which one's in Kanto? The one where uh, the family is magical, but the main character doesn't have any magic. And she just wants oh, to Oh, yeah. The left. house is magical. Yeah. The family's magical. Yeah. Yeah. I like the main character. She's cool. I've seen it one time. Yeah. Well, you should What's watch it again. You might cry. Her name is Mary. I don't think I'm going to cry. Oh, yes. That's right. That's right. I like her glasses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sloan has a Maribel costume. Cry, it's, it's adorable. Uh-huh. It's a pretty, pretty good movie. The house is wild. Cool house. Um. So was the margarita that you got, was it the coldest beverage you've ever been served? It was very cold. It was very cold and very fast, too. They had those things. They were slinging those things. Uh, this was right outside, what, the Pandora Avatar ride thing? Yeah. So uh, Ashley yeah, did some homework like just at and the, outside of the gate. was able to cross-reference Sloan's height with uh, all the rides that she could ride and with other ones that she was not eligible to ride. And so right. we didn't ride any of the Avatar thing because Sloan wasn't tall enough. But we did ride the Slinky Dog ride at Hollywood Studios. And no, we did not go there. Sloan was of questionable height to be able to ride it. Um, we measured at right, the house. Stretch her out a little bit. Well, we measured her at the house, and she was fine. And yep. then when we were at the event or at the thing, it was like, nah, this is pretty close. But they they let her ride it, and Sloan's face during the ride was priceless. Yeah. So she likes rides. Mm, yeah, I would say. Okay. Well, not. I mean, now you're cursed with having to go back. Yeah. Well, uh, Ashley pulled a kind of a trick on me. Um, she booked everything, like all mm-hmm. the activities that she thought Sloan would want to do. She booked for this trip specifically because she was not convinced that I would agree to return. Mm-hmm. And when we got home, I was like, oh, that checks out. Yeah. Good call. Yeah. <laughs> she knows you, dude. It's almost like you've been married for a decade plus. Word. <laughs> That's funny. Sarah Sarah did a similar amount of trickery. It was very very similar tactics. So, um, but my wife had the best time. Uh, I I had, I mean, it was you know how John Raymond called called the tower at uh, Laguna Seca one of the towers one of, of the all- towers of all time. Yeah, I had I had one of the trips of all time. There you go. <laughs> yeah, it was fine. Um, I I had a pretty good time on my day off, uh, on our day off. I brought them to Disney Springs, and then I came back to the resort to listen to podcasts and uh, do laundry. That was memorable. So, you did laundry while um, you were on vacation. Yeah, we drove, and we don't have the largest vehicle, and there was laundry right there. Okay. And I was like, I'll do laundry on the day off so that you can, so mainly so that I could serve these women who are basically the people that I serve all day uh, and get time away from them. Fair, <laughs> so, fair. Uh, yeah. So I had, I had three hours all to myself. That was wonderful. That sounds pretty cool. But yeah. So we wrote all the, you know, rode, rode the freaking what do they call it? The sky thinger. Oh, uh, sky this that, that took off Skyliner, from our resort, I think. Skyliner, that was kind of fun. I like the Skyliner. It's like a, 
freaking it's like riding a ski lift but not i was trying to feed you a bunch of disney information and so like I'm not a Disney expert. I'm sure there are people who listen, including James, who could talk at length about Disney infrastructure trivia. But I was really I had at least three I had at least seven hours of combined conversations with James. Three two hour conversations about Disney with him. Um anyway. there I was amazed at how well built everything was and how sturdy everything felt. They sure thought of everything. And they thought of every way to take your money. Oh yeah, for sure. They like the, the food is is incredible and three times what it should cost. Uh, and uh, the entire place, it's laid out well. Like even like the fifty year old monorail is like dope as shit. Now it's so cool. Uh, dude, and and like we on our day off in the morning, we like went to all the all the resorts on the monorail. We just went around on the monorail. It was fun. Uh, And all the resorts are cool. On our day off, I made Ashley and Sloan do all of the public transit things. So we, Mm -hmm. um, we took the bus to somewhere so that we could take the monorail to somewhere so that we could take the Skyliner to somewhere. And it was awesome. Yeah, that's what we did. Yep. Did the same thing. And I don't, there might be a word for this. Uh, I don't know if there's a word in English, but going to Epcot and especially riding the monorail, there's something really strange and nostalgic about like an eighties version of the future and experiencing it today where like everything was, is old, but it was a view of the future and it's just like, it's out of date and it's vintage. And at the same time, it's supposed to be futuristic. Um, And, And it's also still like perfect. Yeah, it was great. Like that thing, that thing is clean and polished and like the gel coats shined up and like, they know what the hell they're doing there, man. Well, um, it's like a, it's like a retro future. It's not cyberpunk. It's like cyber chic, you know? Yeah. But, I was yeah. super into that. Like, and I, we went to like, what's the big crazy hotel that's on the monorail? It's the, the grand, grand Floridian? something. Dude, like the lobby in that place is holy shit enormous. Yeah. Like it's, it's, the whole place is nuts. All these resorts are nuts. The the Hawaiian or the Hawaiian or uh, we had breakfast at the that place, Polynesian. It's an amazing resort. Like it's incredible. I just want to like go there and work in the marina because it's like they have this fake giant lake and the marina is so dope. Uh, like everything about it's cool. Uh, I like the resorts a whole, I could just go to the resorts. I don't care about the theme parks very much. Well, but I don't remember how much with of the, the experience I talked about on the show, but I don't there, think you talked about any of it yet. Really? No, I don't think so. Man. You and I have talked. But. Um, no, the, there were parts that were just like, this is so unusual. So, um, I remember one thing I did do while I was on the bus and we we didn't drive, so we we took a charter bus to the uh, resort from the airport. We didn't drive to any of the parks. We took the bus everywhere. So, right, and um, the bus is great, super efficient too. I did some math to figure out how many buses the, the so I checked to see how many buses the Disney Resort area in Orlando has. 
and yeah. estimated like based on service life, how often they replace buses. Did you know that they've right. got about 25% the total bus volume that the city of Chicago has? I believe it. And um, the service life for a bus is like four years because of yeah, the miles that. that they drive. Like even if they're yeah, perfectly they maintained, it. they are service lifed out at about four years. I believe that they, they like you're on a bus for like 20 minutes because the place is so enormous. You're like driving a car, you're driving 15 miles. It's crazy. Um, yeah. And those buses are ripping too. They're doing like 30 to 50 the entire time. They probably get, they probably retire those buses with a, like 600,000 miles on. Right. After four years. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, uh, the, the whole thing is, it's really impressive. Like, and it's really expensive. <laughs> Dude, uh, it's it's not what I thought. Sarah and I went there in 2011 after Integrity Pipe R Expo 11 down at CMP where I crashed my car, um, and so we went down to Epcot for a day because it was like all we could afford, and it was also like 108, um, which was cool. Like it, it, I vaguely remember it, but you know we were we were married, uh, but like that was a whole another life ago. You know that was a 12 years ago, right? Um, I vaguely remember it and I thought it was cool then, but it's like so much wilder than I remember it being. And all the parks are like that. Yeah. Yeah. The, the attention to detail is just out of control. Universal was pretty similar. The only gripe I had with Universal was the roads are too narrow and you felt like a cattle shoot because there were so many people. Yeah. But yeah, Harry Potter stuff is out of control there too. It's just wild. So I believe that. So, yeah, pretty crazy trip. Um, uh, made my wife very happy, and now I think she just wants to go to Disney, and I don't. Um, but uh, yeah, it was cool. It was fun. Well, we'll we were um, we were still at Disney when Ashley started bringing up where are we going to go for spring break. So it's uh, <laughs> it's relentless. Yeah, uh, that'll happen, dude. That will happen. I think. Uh, Emma wants to go on a camping trip to Wisconsin, and I'm not sure why. Um, but that sounds very affordable. <laughs> yeah, I get that. I'm down. So, I'm down with a camping trip to Wisconsin. I haven't said it on the show yet, and I don't even remember how much I've talked to you about it. But I accepted an internal job transfer, and I will start mm -hmm. the new job in a couple of weeks. And one of the early assignments is a business meeting in Milan, Italy in March. That's and cool I have never traveled to Europe and I'm quite excited to do so. Mm -hmm. Given that I was going to be there for the entire week, I thought, Hey, maybe I can just extend the trip a little bit and pay for the weekends to stay and have Ashley and I be in Milan for 10 days. So and Ashley is going to have a week in Milan all by herself. Yeah, totally. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah. um, and I have a close friend who is a, um, like a global traveler for his job. And right. he was like, Oh yeah, uh, I've been to Milan a bunch of times and you should stay at this place. It's like the Ritz Carlton, but because of the exchange rates, it's cheaper. So okay. you should stay there. So we're probably going to do that a night or two. It'd be nice. 
Is uh oh? Are your like in laws coming to watch Sloan or what's the plan? I think Ashley will drop Sloan off at uh, her parents up in Goshen. Okay. Yep. Yeah, at least Sloan's young enough where it's not like has to be at school. Could just not be at school. But exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that'd be fun. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm kind of. Are you going to do anything? I remember a couple of years ago or a year ago when you were looking at Volvos, you were talking about. Uh, F1 things. And do you have any F1 travel plans I already in the works? I don't think that there are any races near there in March. No, I mean, not then, but I mean, I don't know about your future travel plans. We How far out do you schedule? I'm hoping that the job has with it enough requirement to travel that I'll actually accumulate some status on an airline and yep that going on an international trip to go see a race would be something more easy to do. That's a lot of travel though. To, to get status is like, eh, you're changing your life up. Yeah. A little bit. We'll see. How was flying out of Louisville? Um, it's fine. It's really easy. I'm actually, I'm annoyed at how long the security line is, even for pre-check in okay. that, one time it took 15 minutes and I was like, this oh. is, this is bullshit. <laughs> that ain't bad. I know. But um, that's what but I mean. There's all like flight availability isn't too bad. And stuff. Yeah. It's, it's pretty good. Um, okay. I mean, it's like, it's a B airport, right? It's not, it's not like O'Hare. Uh, it's it not seems like, like it's it, a, it's a biggish B though. It is because like it, it is a UPS like hub. Options. It's a what? A UPS hub. Oh, that's right. I saw, I saw a 747, UPS 747 flying in when I drove by. Yeah, they, they land big stuff here. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah, we're doing we're doing that trip in March, and then two weeks later to go taking Sloan on spring break somewhere. Are you, are you going to drive down to CMP or no? The plan is probably, and, and the plan is in – flux because we were talking about it literally tonight is probably we will drive to Atlanta and then mm-hmm. fly somewhere for a spring break vacation and then be back on Thursday and drive to CMP yeah. from Atlanta. Okay. That's not too far. It's not too bad. No. So you're going to go before last year. You went, you went to Florida or something afterwards. Afterward. Yeah. I think we'll go before yeah. this year. Okay. Yep. So, um, the race season's coming up. You want to talk about cars on our, po- our, cod, our car podcast? I don't want to think about it. <laughs> We've been, uh, Chris talked to you about like base camp things, right? Yeah. Um, I'll, I am. I'm, I'm really, I'm really like, I, I'm really liking it. Like, so project management and organization has been like a developing thing at grid life because grid life has developed fast enough that like, it's kind of gotten out of it's gotten uh, out of control the way we were doing it. So now we're doing we're trying things, and I'm really enjoying Basecamp because now I feel like I'm tuned into everything, and I'm always the the disadvantage of like if I have my phone or my computer, I'm always working. But sure, um, but also the I can't believe how like disjointed we were on slack and and via email and drive and like the amount of times i've looked for a message with a link to something or like searched in google drive and like it'll minutes and minutes and minutes and like 10 minutes goes i can't find it 
Yeah. And now, like, if you do it right and you put everything in basic camp, it works. Or project management software du jour. Like, but if everybody's using it, like, I can find everything. If you force everyone to be organized, it will be organized. Yeah. And, And then also we could, like, hopefully replicate work for an event chris and charlie and trisha have been using it more chris has been using it more like for the past year or two so like they already have a pretty good base of things built and i've been using it so they got they got a pretty good base camp is that what you're saying uh well true but um but yeah if you like if you do it right you can just like tweak instead of like rebuild everything you know um you know to an extent you can basically duplicate and maybe even make like a manual of here's how you do uh, X event uh, for somebody else too. So. Sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying the the. I just feel more keyed in because I'm not always there. Tell um, me about it. It's so. worse for me because I get all of my information from you only. Yeah, and I'm I I was the least keyed in core member because I'm only on phone calls and Google Drive, and now I'm much more feed in so um yeah so i'm pretty stoked about that but uh car things i might sell my fit yeah thinking about selling my fit if anybody wants like a half-ass nice not rusty sunday cup car second gen how to fit with the ac blowing cold uh a couple sets of wheels blowing about cold my... while while doing laps at road america on accident yeah eight seconds at road america if i recall when the AC is on versus when the AC is not, not on. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, but uh, I just don't drive it enough. Uh, and I kind of want to have the money to throw into my project F250. Oh, yeah. And make it and make it like doper and nicer. I just bought some Falcon Wild Peaks from my project F250. Um, engines. What are, what are those? Those are like uh, street, meaty street tires. They're like off-road looky but like E-rated toe-capable street tires. Um, so they're tougher looking. I was, like, Christmas Day, I'm like, I gotta, I guess they're thinking about this truck. So I started, there's tons of websites devoted to, like, here's my truck on these wheels. And I, I went through hundreds of pictures. Because you know how the bro does look where it kicks out and looks stupid. And then, like, I just wanted to, like, figure out the, the tire combo and the offset combo. Uh, so I could like figure out what wheels I want and what tires I want. Um, and I looked at a million pictures of F250s and F350s on different wheels and different offsets. And I decided that I wanted a 285, 75, 17 and a zero offset, uh, or roughly, roughly a zero offset. Um, zero offset on a truck is like flush. It's not like kicked out like on a Honda Civic or something or front wheel drive based anything, but um, so I decided roughly what tires I wanted. Uh, and then I was like, Falcon's got tires. I should, t- I should, I should call Gerald at Falcon. And, uh, so I got, uh, they made me a nice deal on some tires. And uh, so I got tires and I'm going to figure out what wheels I want and get that engine in. And I've been researching wiring options. Uh, and I would like to have it running in two months. So goal That's, is to have um, it running by mid-March. A little aggressive given how miserable it, it is outside. It's well, it's indoors here. in my shop right now. Yeah. So everybody knows it's, it's cold. Right now it's, it's 13 degrees at my house. It was it, it was 11 below this morning here. 11 below Fahrenheit. Were you is, outside I don't know, today? Below. I was outside for about an hour total 
in about 10 minutes spurts. Swinging like, hammers and doing stuff or what? Uh, yeah, I'm mostly like maintenance because things break when it's this cold. Um, so like commercial store front doors do dumb things and closures break. And um, so like half in, half out kind of stuff. But you can't be outside like with your skin gets stupid in 10 minutes. You got to be completely covered up and you can't hold hand tools. And yeah. Man. Um, yeah, working on an aluminum and glass storefront door when it's negative six in the shade, like not in the sun. Uh, I'm in the shade, in the wind of a big parking lot at this like big HVAC uh, like repair supplier that we do a bunch of work for. They have a ton of doors. The place is enormous. They're like a, a wholesale warehousing distribution hub and they've got like the store that all the HVAC companies buy random things from because they have everything because they're like a mile square warehouse. And uh, their storefront door for like the shop that the pros use wasn't latching. So they couldn't set the alarm and all this. And like, you just touch the door, like you touch it on the outside with a bare hand. And like your hand goes numb because it sucks. The aluminum is so cold and the, the heat all goes out of your fingers and your fingers don't work in seven seconds. Yeah. I believe that it's freaking nuts, dude. Yeah. Like it is stunningly cold. Especially when it's solid aluminum, it like just draws the heat right out of you. Like yeah, the handle copper would be also bad. Oh, dude, it's so bad. Like, like the cast aluminum D handle, you grab it and you open it and you hold on to it while you're trying to adjust it because it's loose and like the latch doesn't work. And like ten seconds later, you're like, I think my hand is, I think my hand is made out of rock now. Like the hand doesn't work. I, so I know this is a really cost-effective choice, but if you wanted to make doors that were not very thermally conductive, if you made them out of platinum, that would be pretty nice. Platinum's not thermally conductive? No. So uh, About an $89,000 door. There but. you go. In my job yeah. in grad school, one of the things that I had to do was flame anneal a piece mm -hmm. of platinum, and that would mean, like, you know, get the blowtorch out and... Uh, make the tip of this aluminum wire, this platinum wire, red hot to like sterilize it and to make sure that uh, everything was clean, whatever. And yep. you could hold the wire with your hand and three inches away, it would be red hot. Really? Yeah. Well, isn't, is platinum more expensive than gold too? Not currently, I don't think. Okay. It'd still probably be like a million dollar door, but... Uh, I'm not sure what platinum price is, but Nine, I didn't know that. I didn't know platinum dollars. Uh, uh, that's about that's about half less the it's cost half, of gold. Half miles. the price of gold. Yeah, well, yeah, so if a if a if a single commercial door weighs about it's probably like eighty pounds of aluminum, call platinum about the same, maybe more dense, one hundred fifty pounds. I don't know. That's a lot. That's a very expensive door. Yeah, you could make the handle <laughs> out of out of platinum, maybe. Or you just make it out of phenolic plastic and call it good. That that would also work. Hey, yeah. <laughs> um, I want to share with the audience. I called you the other day, mm -hmm. which I you call me? don't Goodhead? always do, to yeah. share with you a joke. You did. I shared it with Emma, and she laughed. All right. So everyone who's listening, especially if you have children, you should ask them, why did the man fall into the well? And oh, Abe. Because they didn't see that well. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's a beautiful joke. 
Mm-hmm. Emma has a whole bunch of dad joke zingers like at disposal. Uh, so we went back and forth for about five minutes the other day at uh, or yesterday at Sunday afternoon dinner at my in-laws. And she was making the table lull. So. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. I brought it up and I got a good chuckle out of everybody. It's a good dad joke. Um, so t- today was the first day driving the Tesla in what to me was really cold weather. How, was, it, how different is the battery usage? Um, mm, probably double. But the reason I'd say that is just because you have like the the heat and the seat warmers and all that stuff going like hard. Um, right. The nice thing about it is that you can basically preheat the vehicle, which is great. Um, That's pretty nice. You just like hit the button and I bet it took three or four minutes uh, because it was hot before I got in the car after I had left work. So like mm-hmm. I, I started the preheat and basically defrosted the car a few minutes before I left. And it was as soon as I opened the door to get in it, it was like, well, that, that's plenty hot. So uh, turn it down. But yeah, you know, you probably use double. I don't know. Normally like I charge it up to 75% at night. And by the time I got home, I was like 55% instead of 65. My common swapped F three fifty didn't make enough heat to after about a 20 minute drive to like warm me up. No, oh, I, I believe you. So when <laughs> I was don't, diesels don't make enough heat <laughs> when I was growing up, my dad had a, an Oh four Duramax pickup. Uh, uh-huh. it was a great truck and very we, durable, on, very durable on year. Christmas and like major holidays, we would travel to my grandparents' house and they lived two hours from where we lived in Indiana and never once was there warm heat coming out of that truck in the winter when we were on that trip. Not not ever. You got to put the cardboard in front of it. I think I'm going to do, I'm going to do it in the morning because like I drove like 25, 30, 30 minutes and then like 10, 10 minutes later, uh, maybe I drove like for combined 55 minutes and it was sunny out. So you're in like the greenhouse of the cab and like, I couldn't take my gloves off. Like that's how cold I was. And I had a block heater going for two hours before I started it. It started up okay. I started up okay in sub zero, but like the block heater warms the coolant obviously, but it just like the air moving through it. It's just couldn't. Couldn't do it. And my, even my EGR, like I have an EGR, not EGR, um, exhaust gas temperature, EGT, um, in the downpipe, like coming out of the turbo, right? Um, and I would get on it and the air would probably get, it would get so cold that even the like EGT, like the temperature fluctuation was so great that the, the digital EGT gauge would error out. Weird. Yeah, it does that like whenever it's cold. Um, yeah, it would error out because like it's even the exhaust gas temperature is probably like it goes from like three hundred to like thirty. You know, like it's stupid. So um, I think one of the things that the electric cars basically have to do is provide heated steering wheels and heated seats, and they be- also have to warm the battery, right? Because um, heating up the car is like really energy expensive. Like it takes a lot to heat up the entire cabin. Um, What I can say on my Model 3 is the heat for the steering wheel and the seat comes in three 
um, stages of on, like three levels. Yeah. And the highest level for both the steering wheel and the seat are uncomfortable for me to touch. Like, like it's that hot. <laughs> it is that hot where I'm like, this is unpleasant. I need to turn it down. Yeah. So there's not a, so like the heat in the air isn't that great. No, I mean it's it's fine. Yeah, like it's it's plenty fine. But, but you'll turn it down if the seat and the heat and the steering wheel are warm. Correct. Because yeah, that makes sense. Your your whole body is basically warm. And yeah, that's smart. Uh, yeah, they they get so hot so fast where you're like, all right, I got to turn this down. This is crazy. That's probably more electrically efficient than getting the entire. 20 degree cabin up to 70 degrees. No, for sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Eat so, the surfaces versus the air. So I've been talking to uh, Ryan Finch about Model 3s because apparently now the $7,500 tax credit that you can, that I will get for tax year 2023, they're right. just like applying at the point of sale now, which is oh, really? awesome and super convenient. And so for people buying like Tesla's now, they just get that money up front, which is great. Uh, so Chris bought one. Um, it just almost makes sense for his life to not have an internal combustion daily driver. Um, and like you said, the tax credits and all the BS, uh, it's crazy. But then Hertz is selling a bunch of like 70,000 mile ones. And I'm like, maybe I need a $19,000 <laughs> yes, you do. Uh, it would make my something with autopilot would make my life a lot going up to grid life a lot nicer. But no, it's um, I, I just I I dread the commute. I dread it every single time. So there's not a good time to drive to Chicago. Patrick Darty asked me about electric cars the other day, and Patrick I, from Valvoline name dropper. Yeah, Patrick from Valvoline. Yeah. And I, I won't say that I, I think am, he's the global brand manager as far as like, yeah, he's like the boss. Mm -hmm. Um, I won't say that I'm like overly in love with Tesla as a brand. I'm excited that electric cars are good. And I think Tesla's right now are pretty good. Um, yeah. he asked me about what my experience was and whether I liked it. And my feedback to him was, I like my electric car so much that I don't think I'll ever want a different kind of car. Hmm. I. What about your van? You're sure in love with your van too. No, no. You know what? When you drive the van now, it feels yeah. like a, like an ancient artifact. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. You, you've spent so much time talking about how it is a spaceship and going a hunt, going like 90 miles an hour, getting 25 miles per gallon feels like, the, I mean, the so future and I think I've ranted so about quiet. this before on the show. The biggest difference to me is mm -hmm. the electric cars, at least the one that I have doesn't have a transmission. And so right. when I want to go faster, I just press the pedal and then I'm going faster. Sure. When you want to go faster in a car with a transmission, you press the accelerator, you wait for a downshift, the engine revs up, and revs, 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 revs. Okay, now you're going faster. Like, yeah, well, that sounds fine. It's just different. I, I mean, you're you're describing something I didn't think needed to be changed, but I could see how the difference would make it feel old. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's not bad necessarily. It just feels like an old machine. 
Do you still like your not old minivan? It's um, we Ashley drives it. I don't drive it much. Um, we tend, I mean, you raved about that thing. We tend to drive my car more because right. the mileage is so much cheaper. Per mile, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot cheaper. Yeah. It's probably like one quarter of the price. That's pretty well. Pretty well. Yeah, those 70,000-mile Model 3s, they're like all standard range, you know, whatever, base-based things. But, like, I, I mean, mean, that's still, like, 150 miles, right? Yeah. 160. Yeah, for, like, what that's you funny. do. We're, we're talking about, like, the the range of a Honda Fit or something, right? Well, Honda Fit can go, like, 300 miles. Mm, can it? Well, yeah, that's like a 9.6 9. My Civic would do, like, 220. Yeah. My, my Fit, the longest I've ever gone, going to Ohio... Or further, I forget. It was like over 300 miles from full to gaslight, but they get 36 miles per gallon. On but if you're charging every them. night, what do you care? Yeah, um, I don't want a payment. Is my only thing. Yeah, I but, get that. But uh, I don't. I also don't want to drive in traffic. I don't know which one I don't want. I don't want more. So my my absolute favorite thing about it, and this is not for the environment. I will. Um, state outright that if, if I cared deeply about doing my part for the environment, one, we wouldn't be in motorsports, but two, um, I'd ride my bike to work or I would take the bus or I would do, I would carpool. I would do something. You'd live smaller. You'd live closer to where you work, all that stuff. All of those things are, would do more for the environment than buying an electric car. For sure. Even like even buying an old Honda Fit is probably doing more for the environment than buying electric. I will because say you're keeping something. The experience of buying gasoline at a gas station sucks oh, a lot. It. it sucks a lot. And yeah. I don't have to do that anymore. The only time it I have to do suck. it is when I buy gas for Ashley's car to be polite. And it sucks. It's cold. Yeah, I, I'm standing out there freezing my balls off. Why? I, it would be awesome if you could just fill the gas tank at your house. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't, I mean, I buy gas in, uh, for my wife every, because every time I drive her car, it's got an eighth of a tank every single time. Yeah, totally. Um, so I buy a lot of, I buy most of the gas in our family and there isn't a time where I think what a lovely seven minute interaction with a gas pump. I've never had a great interaction with a gas pump. <laughs> so we tend to buy gas at Costco. It's on the way to and from work and it's a lot cheaper. It's like, I don't know, 50 cents a gallon cheaper. So you'd be right. silly to buy it somewhere else. Um, the thing that gets me is, man, it's just, it's just so cold. Every time I go, every time I say Costco or Sam's club, you know, like the, the club membership for the gasoline station and their, you know, their giant packs of pretzels and things that you buy there. Every time I drive by one, there's what, what appears to be a 45 minute wait to get gas. Yeah. So that was the, the point I was trying to get to before I lost it. I tend to, or I did tend to buy gas in the morning because in the evenings it was always too busy what that means is when you get in your car in the morning and you're on your way to work, you're like, oh, 
F, I'm out of gas. I have to stop and get gas before I can go to work. Yeah, I don't have that sure. experience anymore. Not ever. That, that would be nice to not have that. So, well, now that we've sufficiently lost our car enthusiast, uh, uh, I bought those 18 inch wheels, man. Those are sick. They, they look, do look good, but we lost them. We talked about Disney for 30 minutes. And then we talked about electric. Cars. I don't think anyone <laughs> listens to this show anymore. So uh, fine. Everything's fine with uh, um, the release schedule is periodic at best. Oh, we're still doing better than 10 tens. <laughs> FTF man. Yeah. F the fans. Um, so one last thing we have talked about because we're busy and our families are in a certain place and it just seems harder than it was three years ago to do a podcast. We have talked about changing release schedule up a bit. We've also talked about stopping doing it. Um, where's your head at right now? Um, it's really hard to be the person pushing to record a show. Mm -hmm. I need an accountability buddy because I can well, sit I down I and I can do I can it. Do but it. Do it more. Yeah. Um, but if like without that external push, it's so easy not to do it. Yeah, I just I've been going hard enough for at least the last six months that I all of a sudden it's time to go to bed. Like literally every night. Like right now I'm in the middle of a flooring project in my office. You know, like I just laid hardwood floor for two straight days. And other than that, I'm like doing I've been doing something until bed, like since August. Yeah, and totally. It freaking, it, it freaking blows. Like I'm tired. And if it's not that, it's like maintaining an ancient RV. And like, yeah, it's just, a, it's just been a lot. It's been a lot. Or like trying to hang out with my wife so that they can stay married. You know? Yeah, I get that. Um, yeah, it's been a lot. So if you don't want us to quit, shoot us emails. <laughs> we're probably not going to quit. No, but we're probably I, not going to quit. But I, re I really enjoyed recording them in person the most. Um, but we've also talked about that problem is like, oh, we just worked a 14-hour day. Let's work another hour. You and know, all like I want to do is have one beer and go to sleep. That's what I want. Yeah. Yep. So uh, I would love to I would love to continue doing more of them in person, like making more of a point to like plan and execute immediately in the evening and knock it out and then relax for an hour and then go to bed. Yeah. I, I, that I think should be our goal. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it is hard though with the flux with like the schedule is always in flux, uh, at events. Like you never know how late you're going to be working. So. Totally. Uh, yeah. I should say that my schedule is available for Coda. If help is needed. Uh, might be, we have, uh, uh, not to go into detail. We have had some recent potential, uh, staffing things. So word, um, yeah, so might be, might you're not going to be in Milan that week. <laughs> no, no, I will not be in Milan that week. Okay, cool. I really don't want to drive Dakota with the dyno. I really don't want. You got to take it, or you got to find a local one. <sighs> Why? You can't find Jimmy's trailer dyno flex contest. Thing. Dude, it's not a thing. Really? It's a thing. It's it's a thing sometimes. 
But then Jimmy wants a guaranteed thirty-eight hundred bucks, and I'm like, I don't want paying thirty-eight hundred dollars to come and charge my friends things money. Well, I will yeah. say that for Coda, that mm-hmm. event is growing, and there, uh, maybe there maybe. there are people there. Like there's a decent amount of people there. Oh yeah, and I I, I dino I dino car for, cars for like twelve hours. Yeah, well, make it make money. Well, it didn't not make money. It, it makes sense. It's just I just don't feel like doing the drive. If anybody wants to tow something from Chicago to Austin, let me know. I just don't want to do the drive. That's a long drive. Renting that pickup truck was kind of rad though last year. I liked that truck. Uh, new cars are cool, and it had reli- radar reliable cruise. cars are cool. Yeah, it had radar crews. I didn't have to worry about it. Just like whipped it, like, whipped the shit out of it, and didn't care. There was no mechanical sympathy. It was amazing. With as many inflations and deflations that those tires have had on the trailer, are they still in good shape? Oh, yeah. They were brand new two years ago, and they're really heavy duty. Okay. So, yep. Tires don't care about inflation and deflation. They care about riding or use when they're deflated. I, I guess, yeah. Yeah. But you never, you never put them on the rim, so they never, like, kink or anything. They don't, so, like, de-bead or whatever. No, you just sit them down on it. Sit the... I mean, for people listening, the dyno needs to drop down onto stable ground. So I basically drop it onto a combination of four by fours and two by fours, depending on how level it is. Um, and the dyno chassis of the actual DinoJet 248 needs to sit on ground. And then to do that, we basically we have this contraption that you clip onto the wheels and deflate the tires, but they only usually go down about about half. So they're not flat, but they're not full of air either um so yeah the dyno itself the the drum can't like rock back and forth and the tires sense. would do that yeah, yeah the tires would do that the drum has to be planted to the earth so um, um one of the things the, that i remember wanting to learn about was when the connection or the signal is poor on the dyno there are mm-hmm. a few things that you troubleshoot and one of those things is a sensor that's back by the drum itself yeah, it's a Hall effect sensor. What is what is that sensor doing, and how did you troubleshoot it? That's just RPM signal. So okay, basically that is that is a Hall effect sensor that like there's a little fin on the drum that passes through it. You know, it's kind of like a distributor often has a Hall effect or whatever, uh, or a crank trigger. There's a fin like mounted to the drum that passes through this sensor and breaks the optical beam or whatever. Um, and that's how it knows the RPM. Uh, and the RPM is like one of the three things that is, that makes the, it, it knows the weight, it knows the diameter and it knows the RPM of the drum. Right. And that's what make that's how, that's how the program calculates the horsepower. So yep. Yep. That plus, you know, all the, uh, barometric pressure and all the things in the weather station. The weather station is that, that little computer box that you plug into the computer. Yep. So. Uh, everything goes to the weather station, and then that plugs into the computer with a, with a USB through a dongle, and that's so how you have it done. What kind of maintenance will the dyno have before the first event? Because I remember last year there were some things that got burned up by a downturn exhaust. Um, yeah, I fixed that stuff. Um, that was just the air brake system. Um, I fixed that. That was second to last event. I forget. Um, yeah, turned down somewhere, melted, 
melted a bunch of stuff at Mid Ohio, I think. Yeah, uh, Josh Powers' Corvette um, melted the air brake system, and so I put a new regulator in. I put all new stainless steel Teflon lines, Teflon braided like AN fitting stuff. Okay. Um, in that general area. I need, I should probably, I got to fabricate like a shield for it. I haven't done that yet. But, got it. But uh, yeah, that was like right behind the drum. So like if you have it turned down before your rear axle, it's just like flames, it flames the air brake system. Yeah. Um, so that's all fixed. I got to, basically I got to pull it out, lube the, lube the hubs on the bearings for the axles. That's Do easy. they have like Zerk fittings or how do you lube this? Yeah. You pull a little cover off the middle of them, jack it up, Take the take the load off the bearings, and then you just pump it. Uh, you pump those. There's like a zerk fitting in the center of the axle. Pump that full as you slowly spin it, and that just distributes the that distributes the grease. Basically, it pumps through the center shaft of the axle, and there's multiple ports uh, going out into the area where the bearings are, and that distributes the grease through the bearings and makes sure that you know the, the actual load, which it rides on a center spindle. Uh, they're like caged caged tapered needle bearings. Um, so the grease is distributed into those things because that style bearing, it's not like sitting in a pool of grease. The grease obviously heats up so it like it can drape and move around. But um, that style of bearing inherently will eventually fling a majority of the grease outwards because of centrifugal force. So, sure. Yeah. yeah. So just cage needle bearing like a, like a pickup truck. Anybody that's played with a trailer, it's pretty much the same stuff. But these are like 5,500 pound axles, so they're semi heavy duty. They're not worked very hard. I always temperature shoot them when I pull over for, uh, when I'm towing it, I pull over to get diesel in the bus or whatever. I, I always shoot the hubs and I shoot the tires themselves. Um, and they're always just above ambient with a, with a, you know, infrared or with a laser temperature Yeah. thing. Harbor Freight laser boy. So always shoot your tires. Uh, always shoot your bus or pickup truck tires too. With an IR a, thermometer, not a firearm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't don't hit them with the nine, dude. Uh, but yeah, if you if you got a tire on a trailer that's fifty degrees hotter than the others, it's too low or it's going to die. So, uh, yeah. That good good way to make sure that you're not going to get into trouble in the middle of nowhere, twenty miles from the gas station. So maybe last topic before we close out, I'm going to look at the grid life schedule and we have a, how many new events this year? Is it one or more than one? Road America is really the only new event. Uh, Thunder Hill too. Okay. Yeah. Thunder Hill's got Busby though. So it's going to be like NCM West. That'll that'll be (laughs) cool. What event are you most looking forward to? I'm anxious about Road America, but I also feel like that event if you look three to four years down the road, uh, a, f- a festival at Road America, that's got the biggest ceiling. Because we're at the ceiling at, at Michigan. We're yeah. almost at the ceiling at Lime Rock, a spectator capacity size-wise, things like that. Um, and I mean, obviously, you could fill up Laguna Seca, but like the core Haddock vibe ceiling, we were like halfway there already. Yeah. Maybe more. Uh, that was pretty full paddock, you know? Yep. Um, the, uh, I think the vibe, like the festival central vibe at Laguna Seca, we already had that. You put a lot more people in the surrounding lots, but like, that's not necessarily what it's about. So, um, yeah. Yeah, we're not gonna have a hundred thousand people like a Ren sport reunion or something, but, um, not so many people. 
yeah, that's, so I think that's across three days. The um, event that you and I have been talking about, and I don't know, I don't know what the plan is. We've got the I, Autobahn Country Club date in September now instead of yeah. in July. I'm pretty stoked about that. We, we did. Did we? Yeah, we got it. Uh, in September 13, 14. Yep. Are, are we going to like try to, I mean, it's, it's a club weekend, so it's not going to be like a, a festival thing, but are we going to try and do it the way that you and I have talked about doing it? Uh, that, and I would maybe like to, so the thing that I've been talking with some of our instructor staff about is about developing some regular classrooms, like at all the club rounds for competition things like that. Um, to make it, I think that's what you're alluding to is like more of a comp school for time attack and things like that. No, I was um, really just talking about like the, you know, bringing drift and the car show and all of those things that like actually turn out pretty well in Chicago. Oh yeah. 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 No, that, I think that event's going to be good if the weather's good and we play our cards, right? Uh, I was thinking you were talking more about the, you and I have brainstormed about comp school things and, Continued ed- education for time trial, time attack, yeah, uh, advanced, intermediate. That's something I would like to do at most of the club rounds, especially Rev Up and Autobahn, because those are going to be our biggest two club rounds, effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that if if you were at like, I mean, I know you were there, but like 2016, 2017 Autobahn, those are big events. They were so um, like, even though we did, we didn't have like a big, we didn't have a big huge field of drift, but like. We brought in a big touring car show and it brought in a crowd too. There were a lot of people. Oh there. yeah. I think we had 2,500 people on site in 2017, maybe 16. I forget. Probably mm-hmm. 17, 17 or 18. Yeah. Man, 18 um, was such yeah. a good year. Some of those were big events and it was hot, you know, like it's volatile weather time. Um, I think the, hopefully the stability of weather in middle of September and like the nicer weather, um, that'll make it a little bit easier to throw a better party. It won't be a festival event, but, um, yeah, that, that event's got plenty of potential and it's right in our backyard. So it's not even far from like, from you. It's probably only four hours from you. I think so, it's less than that. Yeah. It's, uh, easy, easy to get to and cool place to hang out for a day. And we'll have a good amount. If we, if we can like build up the drift crowd, uh, that, that weekend was always tough for drift because it was always like right next to some big local drift event. Oh yeah. One side or the other. It was always right in front or right behind it. Uh, that's why we only ever got like 15, 20 drift cars. If we get 25, 30, like this is a pretty good show. Um, and, uh, GLTC coming back, uh, that, that, that's got its own, you know, vibe and spectator crowd. We'll have a big field of big field of time attack. Uh, we are doing a Friday test day for that one. Cool. Um, so we're hosting that, but also like build out day, uh, and maybe make it a three day event if it gets too crazy. When are we going to announce that we're hosting a, a test day? Uh, I think end of January is when the individual tickets go on sale for that one. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, there'll be more details then. We just secured that last week. I had a, like, we've been talking like, what's the, that's the easy one to like grab that. But also, like the that's the one where I might need a third day because there's always decent demand for it, and it sold real fast in Gold Pass. So mm. um, yeah, we yeah, didn't we talk about field. Gold Pass at all. Uh, take rate on that was pretty good. 
Yeah, pretty solid. We had almost 300, uh, right at 300 people buy gold passes, three events or more. So that's sick. Um, and so like two thirds of our competition groups are effectively sold already at most of our events. So, um, and then the California series, we haven't talked about that as grid life yet. We haven't, it's, there's a plan to promote it a bunch in the next few weeks, but uh, for GLTC, we're doing a West series, GLTC and time attack, but the GLTC West coast series, all the rounds will count for, and same thing with time attack, all the rounds will count for, um, national points for the championship, but they'll also have a separate West coast champion. Uh, and it'll be Coda, uh, Willow, Laguna and Thunderhill. And for time attack, it'll be Willow or yeah, Willow, Laguna and Thunderhill. Cause Coda is the super light battle time attack and just GLTC for us. Um, and then our national championship is a pit race in October, if I recall. Mm-hmm. October? Yeah. Yeah. Um, after Laguna. But Thunder Hill is November 16 and 17, so that uh, effectively will be the first round of points for all competition classes for 2025 should should somebody choose to do national champion. So, Man. Um, yeah, that kind of like we did with with uh, NOLA in 2020. So uh, it'll be ran under the 2024 rules, but the points can count for 2025. Right, right. It seems weird to say that we're going to do 2024 season. That means I've been doing grid life stuff for eight years. Mm -hmm. Seems weird that this is our 11th season. Weird. Like our 11th year of being a company, 10 10 years now. So It's time to get it together, Adam. Working real hard, dude. <laughs> real hard. All so. right. Well, uh, we did a show. Um, yeah, you uh, you're not Nyquil out yet. You sound like you're awake. You're you're awake. So. I've been using the mute button. <laughs> Coughing a little bit. Sleeping. Yeah. But I'm, uh, I'm sitting I'm sitting on my couch in my basement, and uh, I've been amusing myself by lifting a card table from the center with my foot. That's I'm not I'm not tired at all. <laughs> Solid. You like to balance things with your foot. I don't know why that's fun. Just like, yeah. Okay. Just lift a card table up with your toes. <laughs> I'm an idiot. I need to go to bed. Thanks everybody for listening. Um, you should, I think this is true. I didn't tell you this, Adam. I bought a ton of new t-shirts. These are from the original printer, which mm-hmm. made a really, really high quality shirt that I was super into. Um, there should now be shirts on the website and Mm -hmm. you should buy one. I think they're amazing and that we will probably do more shirt sales in lieu of ad sales this year. So if you want to support the show, please buy one of these amazing shirts. And I'm not saying that because we make a ton of money, but because the shirts are actually pretty amazing. You, uh, you have talked at nauseam about Ad nauseum, whatever the fuck that is, about how much you like that shirt. So. They're great. What brand is it? Is it a, who makes it? It's an American Apparel T-shirt. But that's what, that's what I, I thought. I called the printer. The printer is in Indianapolis, and we had two major runs of shirts. The first run sold pretty quickly. The second run, um, less so, I guess. Maybe the we'd hit market saturation for slip angle T-shirts, but. There was like, it was distinctly different, the pattern 
on the shirt mm -hmm. from what the screen print actually was. And there's a big difference between the first print, which I really liked and the second print, which I really didn't was the, instead of like a rubber layer on top of the print shirt, which was the second print, the mm -hmm. first one felt like it was more, it was more like it was just, uh, like into the fabric. It didn't feel like yeah. a rubber top. Um, What's that called? There's a name for it. I don't know, but I, I spent some time talking with the, the owner on the phone who did the first print and he was like, Oh yeah, the ink that we use uh, absorbs into the shirt and it kind of mm -hmm. bleaches in the color that it's supposed to be. Yeah, and yeah. because of that, it feels different and it doesn't feel heavy like a normal screen print. Yeah, it's not it's not a regular screen print. It's a there's a I know the name. Like we used to screen print our own stuff like in the early days. We like have a forearm screen printer at the warehouse. But, so anyway, yeah. I got a whole bunch of shirts, both Tracktoon and Slip Angle. Please buy one. Go to Tracktoon.com. There you go. I love it. Well, go to bed, sleepy boy. See you, buddy. Get your NyQuil. Have a good night, man. Slip Angle was created by Austin Cabot and Adam Jubay, co-hosted by Derek Yarbrough and production by Abram Schmucker, who mixes all of our terrible audio. If you like the show, please rate us and review us on iTunes and come and find us in the Pit City Grid Live to say hello. Hello.